A hero is someone who recognizes a need and takes action. Hmm. You see it, you have that five seconds of courage, and you intervene. You step up, you do the right thing. Win Monday Nation couldn't be more fired up than to bring you today's conversation on our latest podcast. Justin Wren is his name, but let's say this. He and I have become fast buds, just blazing trails through the speaking circuit, speaking boot camps, just on a mission like you and I, just trying to level up, trying to get 1% better every day. And I cannot possibly do it justice to give you his backstory. That is going to be best coming from Justin. But just know this. From MMA days to thought leadership days, he also had, we could call it a life-changing retreat, which is something that he and I have in common. And I think uh, that's going to be somewhere that we go. But by one of my favorite thought leaders, Ed Milet, he called Justin a humanitarian and a world changer. And I think you're about to hear why, but his work has inspired millions from I mentioned the Ed Milet Show, the Joe Rogan Experience, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, NBC, CBS, TED Talks, and beyond. So, Justin, not to make you blush, dude, but how did I do? You did great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, brother. Really oh, man. Anytime. Anytime you get time with you, I'm going to take it. Uh, and, and likewise. Likewise. And so, welcome to the Win Monday Nation. And why don't we just start off by, I mean, you've had this amazing message about fighting for the forgotten, but that's what you're talking about today. I want to go back to yester, yesteryear. Tell us about the earlier days of life, the more formative days and kind of where your journey started. Yeah, I would say the formative years in a positive light was wrestling. Mm. So the sport of wrestling was my outlet, was my passion and became my purpose because growing up, I got very heavily bullied. So I grew up sitting at the lunch table by myself, getting pelted in the back of the head with chocolate milk spit wads or food or fist. And when kids would walk by and I went to a middle school crush's birthday party, I wanted to catch her attention. It was my biggest crush I'd ever had from elementary, middle school, high school. And I really wanted to catch her eye. I wanted to impress her. So I was blown away. I got an invitation. And on the invitation, it was a costume contest. So the winner was going to get a prize. And the prize was actually a Dr. Pepper gumball machine with Dr. Pepper flavored gumballs. <laughs> I remember <laughs> it. And her dad worked at Dr. Pepper, which is kind of in Texas culture. I don't know why, but it's just big here. And it was around the Super Bowl. And at the grocery stores, they had like a Heisman Dr. Pepper guy. And it mm -hmm. had a cowboy hat wearing guitar player. And so it gave me the idea that her favorite show, or she was a big Optimus Prime, well, Transformers. She loved okay. Optimus Prime. So I thought with that inspiration at the grocery store, mom, can we turn me into a Dr. Pepper Transformer? Can I put a 24 pack on my head and a 12, <laughs> pack, 12 packs on my arm and have a chest plate and a shield and a sword and, and go to... Jennifer's party that way. And she's like, wow, well, with some duct tape. So we loaded up the grocery cart and took it home and got to work. And I went to the party and got there. And whenever I was greeted at the door, it was her grandmother, Mimi was her name. Mimi goes, Jennifer's going to love this. And the rumors at school were true in their living room or close to the back door. There was a Dr. Pepper vintage 
machine that you could just push the button. You don't have to pay and it would just pop right out. So I got one of those and was feeling a little confident. You know, confidence is your thing. And so mm-hmm. I was confident that I was going to catch her eye, that I went above and beyond, that this was something special to her. And when I opened the back door, I was blasted with flashes of light. And as my eyes adjusted, I was hearing the sound of laughter. And I looked out, nobody was dressed up, and fingers were pointing at me, and cameras were pointing at me. And Jennifer said, I can't believe you thought you were good enough to come to my party. And Mm. Tyler, who's got a cool transformation story now, but at that point, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And he said, you're worthless. Now he helps inner city youth and other things. So I'm proud of him. But this guy named Justin um, was my notorious elementary and middle school bully. And he said, uh, you should just kill yourself. Mm. And I don't know why, man, but I think in those formative years, you believe what people say about you. So my confidence was rocked was shattered. I already didn't have much of it at all. And the little bit I did was, was shattered. So, uh, it was crushed. My middle school crush crushed me and started the biggest battle of my life, which was against depression, suicidal ideation, which would then later in years turn into addiction because I would take all those feelings away. I'd feel confident or I would feel nothing, which I liked. Yeah. And uh, that came from an injury. I was part of that opioid epidemic, Oxycontin. A doctor's given me hundreds, three of them. And yeah, so I think on confidence, you know, it's really hard to be confident whenever you have a record playing in your head that becomes your own self-talk. That's voices of somebody else, but becomes your own voice saying, you're worthless. You're not good enough. Maybe you should just kill yourself. You should just kill yourself. So it turned into two suicide attempts, two cents at treatment. But at the point in my life when I found wrestling, it was a lifesaver. It gave me that outlet I so desperately needed to Mm. build confidence. And so if we use the transformer analogy, when I found the UFC VHS tapes, I was at a, it was called Trader's Village. It was a flea market. And I was going to buy a pellet gun or a BB gun to shoot rats in the barn. Uh, I grew up on a, not a farm, but several acres and had horses and other things and went to this store. And it, I don't know I'm saying this, but it was weird. It, it, they were selling parrots and flying squirrels and iguanas and pellet guns <laughs> and, and, and ninja stars. And, oh, man. And used VHS tapes. And they had UFC 2 through 11. Mm. And it was missing number one. But whenever I looked at that, I was like, these guys don't get bullied. Yeah. And if I could be a martial artist, if I could be an MMA fighter, if I could transform into that, then maybe I wouldn't be the laughing stock of the party. Maybe I'd get invited to the party for real. Or maybe there'd be an after party after a fight or something and not be the guest of honor, but whatever, you know? Yeah, be, yeah something special so i went on that journey and uh was really blessed i had two olympic gold medalists as my high school coaches kenny monday kendall cross kendall's on the mustang oklahoma you know water tower and kenny was in tulsa and went to oklahoma state and won two or three national championships and he's an incredible guy first african-american to ever win the olympic gold in in wrestling and he's been a father figure to me Mm. uh, for 20 years now 
And I just remember them saying, you know, write down state champion and put it somewhere you can see it. We'll make you a state champ by the time you're a senior. Huh. And I put down national champ and put it above my bed. So I'd go to sleep and I'd be dreaming about it and put it on my mirror. So when I was brushing my teeth, I was waking up and I was thinking about it. And they made me a 10 time. There's three styles of wrestling. So in high school, there's 12 opportunities. I won 10 of those. It was a, whatever they call it, the triple crown, my sophomore, junior, senior year. And I won a national championship in high school, was a five-time All-American, won a Greco-Roman national championship, went straight out of high school, had all the college offers, but went to the Olympic Training Center. And I would say that uh, that wrestling really gave me some confidence. Yeah. And then I broke my elbow, wrestling Olympic bronze medalist, uh, world champion. When I broke that, dislocated it, that's where the oxy started, but I didn't let the addiction stop me from doing that childhood dream. And I just jumped into MMA at 19 years old because I thought, man, I'm going to, I only have a 30% chance to compete again. And I've never fought. That's what I got into this for. So I'm going into it now. So totally. I was the youngest, youngest pro fighter and got in the ultimate fighter at 21. It released huh. when I was 22. I was the main event at the Hard Rock in Vegas when I was 23. Yeah. So confidence, one of the things on that, real quick, and is in fighting. People, I would say the casual fan or the untrained eye thinks that it's the strongest physique or the strongest muscles that usually wins. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that in fighting, what sets you apart, it's the person with the strongest reasons that wins. Ooh. And so when that cage door locks, that's the moment of truth, whether it's the amateur ranks, your first pro fight or your first night on the big stage under the big lights, you hear that cage door lock. And now it's, it's either the paralysis by analysis or it's time to cave and crumble or it's time to rise up, overcome and win this fight. And so when I got to connect that later in my story, from just fighting against my for myself to fighting for people, yeah, it changed everything to where when that cage door locked and I was looking into the other guy's eyes, I knew he didn't have the same reasons I did. I love it. Okay, we're gonna double click on that and come right back to that strongest reason because whether we call this purpose or a mission, there's too much there that we have to dive in. But I want to quickly reignite us with our Win Monday Nation because. Well, maybe not everybody, but I can guarantee you that bullying has taken some shape, form, or fashion in some of our community members' lives. And so people listening in have been bullied. Let's just leave it at that. And so, but I I want to, as a coach, as you being the coach here, and I'm just facilitating the, the insights that you learned, if somebody has been bullied and maybe today they're still struggling with it. It's a mental thing to your point. There's a self-limiting belief. Maybe there's like vicious self-talk that's going on and I feel less than or self-worth. What's some practical advice that you would give somebody that may still not be fully recovered or healed from a former chapter of being bullied? I really believe that when you can become the person you needed when you were 12 years old, like me, for instance, or be the person you knew when you're 13 years old, or maybe it's 23 at your first job, or whatever it is. Bullying happens in all forms, every stage of life. But when you can be that person that you needed, 
that's where healing comes. That's where mm. purpose comes. That's where, so I would say that, you know, I helped develop a bullying prevention curriculum and it's called Heroes in Waiting. And it's still a, a nonprofit now, heroesinwaiting.org. And it's a great organization. And we would say that what's a hero? And just to boil it down, like people think it's a cape, you know, kids, or oftentimes people think oh, that's somebody else. It's not me. Mm. No, a hero is just simply someone who sees a need and takes action. And so if you mm. say that again, a hero is what? A hero is someone who recognizes a need and takes action. Mm. You see it, you have that five seconds of courage and you intervene, you step up, you do the right thing. And so Marcus Aurelius, I have a coin around my neck. It's a Roman denarius from close to 2000 years ago. I got him tattooed on my, my bicep. It's disappearing, <laughs> but he said, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be, be one. Mm. And so I Love oftentimes that. think the thing that helps us the most is helping someone else, but also self-care isn't selfish and, and do the right things for yourself. Man, the strongest thing I ever did was ask for help. And it took me a long time, two suicide attempts, two stints at treatment until I finally said, I need some help. Hmm. I need some help. And so when you face it all, feel it all, that's where the magic happens. That's the birthplace of miracles. And so yeah. not avoiding it, not running from it, but facing it head on and inviting in help. That's a game changer. And so I think the two things is, yes, helping other people, but also not forgetting to help yourself, which sometimes you have to love yourself like your life depends on it. Because in my life, it, it has. It literally has depended on it. Hmm. Love myself like my life depends on it. Love it so much, man. And just know that you infinitely helped somebody or many people by the last couple minutes that you were just riffing here. Um, there's somebody that needed to hear that. So thank you. To win Monday and beyond, we all know that confidence is the ante to play. And I want to help. So if you haven't already, head over to my website and take your very own confidence quiz, where you'll walk away knowing your confidence score, 1 to 100. You'll also get my 12 keys to build and sustain unshakable confidence. Your quiz is waiting at paulepsteinspeaks.com. May Navbar hit confidence quiz. Again, that's paulepsteinspeaks.com and you'll find your very own confidence quiz right there in the main nav bar. With that, let's get back to the show. Now, let's go to that point where the ring, you hear the yeah. doors lock, and you said those with the strongest reasons win. So yeah. I'm going to anticipate, but I don't know this for sure. So I'm going to ask you a couple things here. One is the obvious what was your reason and why did you believe you had the stronger reason? So share your piece, but then from you to others, yeah. I then want to understand how others can find their reason. So let's start with yours and then let's shine the light on our Win Monday community on how we find our reasons. Yeah, at first it was, I didn't want to be that kid anymore. So it was from a more of an immature place, but man, it was a, it was a fire. Yeah. Powerful still. Fire. Yeah. It was a fire that when I was in there, I was there to prove a point, not him anymore. Now I'm a force to be reckoned with, but that can only take you so far. And so 
I was backstage after five years off from fighting. And I got a picture from a friend. And it was, I don't know that they knew it was my favorite picture, but it was their favorite picture too of me with the the pygmy kiddos, the little hunter-gatherer boys that had their bows and arrows and me just with them and their epic smiles. And we were about to feast in the forest uh, on some bush meat that their dads got. And this person texts me on backstage and I'm literally like three or four fights from going on. Never checked my phone then, but I saw who it came from. And I was like, oof, maybe I should look at this real quick and just turning my music off anyways. And it was that picture. And I had five years off. And the only thing it said was remember why and who you fight for. Ooh. And Ooh. so perfect words at the perfect time. Yeah. My walkout music comes on and it's literally their music and I'm fighting for something bigger than myself. I'm fighting for them and I'm fighting literally to drill water wells. And for me, water is so significant because my introduction into the water crisis was holding a little boy named Andy Bo as he died. And I was cupping the back of his head and I was holding his little hand and blood came out of his ears and under my hand. And it was just because he didn't have clean water. and that he was denied hospital treatment, not once, but twice because of discrimination against his tribe. And they had adopted me in, called me family, gave me a name, Efeosa Mabutimangbo. And so Efeosa, mm. I cherish that one. It means the man who loves us, named by the Efe Pygmy people. And Mabutimangbo, by the Mabuti Pygmy people, is the big pygmy. And so, you know, I changed my fight name. The whole community knew me as the Viking. I look like a Viking. I fight like a Viking, <laughs> round and pound. Yeah. And uh, I changed my name to the Big Pygmy because I wanted to give them a voice. I wanted to fight for something bigger than myself. And I wanted to fight and win. And whenever I win, get the microphone, tell their story, ask people to donate and contribute. And because of that, we'll go drill more wells and it'll save lives. And so I knew when that cage door locked, that guy doesn't have the same reasons I got. He's not going to go do this or that. He doesn't. The most confident soldier, warrior, fighter person isn't the person that's driven out of hate for the person in front of them. They're driven out of love by the people behind them or alongside them. And mm. so that was a pivotal moment in my fight career was not hating that person in front of me because I have to prove a point but loving the people behind me and beside me because there's work to do and good work to do. And so to bring it back to this community, it's not, you know, not everyone is going to have that cage door lock. Yeah. But in life, we all have those moments in life. We all have those moments of getting outside our comfort zone and it's time. It's time to do the right thing or not. It's time to rise up and overcome the addiction we face. It's time to rise up and overcome the childhood trauma we have that we've been carrying around that's been limiting us. It's time to know your worth and your value, that you've committed this, you've done the right things already, and now it's time for that raise or that that switch of position, the, the leaving this job and going to the new one because you know it's a risk, but it's worth it. And there's going to be those moments where, you know, the pressure is on and the time is now and you can't sit back and wait. 
And the worst thing in a fight is to get caught on your heels. You come out, you touch gloves, and you, you take a minute, you take a round, you take two rounds to warm up, to get in the flow, instead of just come out and go. Don't sit back and wait. Jump in. Get active. Get active in your own rescue. Yeah. Oh, man. I So much of that hit me at my core. A couple things that I'll draw on. And by the way, Justin, just because I know you've already alluded to a lot of the mission-driven work that you're doing, but if folks want to learn more about the mission that you're on, and I'm talking specifically about the folks that that you serve, we'll come back to obviously you speaking and thought leadership and all that, but in terms of your mission, where, where can we plug into that? Where can we help? Where can we support? Yeah, thank you so much. Probably the most meaningful impact is if people wanted to join our monthly giving club. I think right now it's called our fight club. We might be changing it to the tribe, but join us in this journey and you give five bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month, whatever it is that you can spare and give. And I can just tell you that a dollar there goes a long way. Yeah. And we have a, we have a match right now, a $225,000 matching gift, Awesome, which is incredible. So if someone's able to give a hundred, it'll be 200. So yeah, it's fightfortheforgotten.org. You can find us on Instagram. You can follow me at the big pygmy and you can find all the links to go to the cause. And man, I promise it's going to, it's going to change lives. We're building a hospital and a school right now. And I never thought it would get to this. You know, the first goal was two water wells on their first 30 acres of land that legally was owned by them. And we were going to have to lobby and petition and advocate and purchase and all this stuff in, in a very corrupt place, but it worked. And now it's been over 3000 acres of land and 83 water wells and we're doing a water reservoir through a mountain community and we built over 13 kilometers of road where it never existed before and that's helping women and children get to the hospital when mom's in labor you know instead of being on only a footpath through the mountains taking hours or days you know they're able to get there quickly and now we're bringing the health center to them where they'll have a maternity ward it's just been, it's outgrown everything I ever thought it would. And it's, it's pretty awesome. It's four sustainable farms, tens of thousands of trees replanted, doing a fish pond and beekeeping. And it's uh, been this awesome mushroom cloud. But at the same time, the confidence to get to where we are now took a long road. Mm -hmm. and it, just, it just was consistency, man. And yeah, showing up and saying, okay, one foot in front of the other, just like when I climb Mount Kilimanjaro is like just one foot in front of the other the slow pace, but consistent, like with our eye on the prize. And um, for us to get to a place where we can say we're doing a health center in school, like the right partners, founder of Engineers Without Borders is on our board. And now he's the director of engineering for Fight for the Forgotten. And we just have some studs that are helping make it happen. And my heroes, I just want to say this one part real quick. They taught me, yeah. they taught me something. My heroes are our well drillers and our community development people because they are so committed. You know, it's funny as I'm looking outside and I, I see my tortoise, an African sulcata tortoise crawling around. He's like a big moving <laughs> stone. And at some times it's felt like we've been moving as slow as a tortoise, but the impact has just grown and grown and grown to where they said, you, you Westerners, you Americans, y'all are the ones with the watches. But us Af Africans, 
We're the ones with the time. Ooh. Sit down with us, have a conversation, sit around the fire, and let's talk about what's really going to work long term because we want this to benefit our children and our children's children. And they're just like eye opening to me. And they said, Look, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. That Swahili proverb was like, Whoa. And they live it, they breathe it. It's part of their culture, it's in their DNA. And us going further together has been one of the most beautiful parts of my life where I don't feel alone. I've got a team and brothers that are just family. And together we scale, we grow the impact one step at a time. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) I wish we were talking for hours, brother. Uh, This is just too good. We're obviously going to have to have you back and and really quadruple click on a lot of this. But here's where I want to bring our Win Monday Nation in because you said so many things there that all kind of take a few swings of the bat here. For one, it's this obsession with action, right? Like nothing in life happens without action. And by the way, Win Monday Nation, imperfect action, if you're willing to learn, grow, listen, evolve, iterate, is just as important. Don't worry about, am I going to hit the ball? Just swing the bat with intention and purpose. And if you miss, then how can you swing better tomorrow, swing better tomorrow? But we have this obsession about whether we're going to hit the bat. Like I need to, I need to know it's going to be a successful outcome or I have a good chance. And it's like, no, you know, who will never win are the people who don't swing. And so I think there's this massive obsession with action, but also like, dude, you mentioned hero and it's obvious you've already shined a bright, bright light on who some of your heroes are and, and the why behind it. But when you talked about who has the strongest reasons and you connected two things, the why and the who. So right. for me, my hero and a lot of our Win Monday Nation knows this, it's my late father and I lost him at 19. He was an educator and to hear his former students tell me things like your dad was the first person that ever believed in me. Your dad gave me a reason to think that tomorrow is worth it. Let me connect the dots to Win Monday right now because as a speaker, you know, when I used to get the nerves and that big fear of public speaking and I would always just be so harsh on myself, it's because I was worried how I came across to other people. It's kind of that obsession with like, oh, am I the smartest person in the room or what's my value? What's my worth? When that feeling went away, It's when I became hero-focused, not self-focused. So literally, if you were to ask me after I get out of the bright lights on stage, hey, Paul, how'd you do? And I would respond, did I make my dad proud? And if I did, then the answer is, we did great. And I would do this every day of my life. And the last thing I'll share, and this again applies to Win Monday is, you know, when we're climbing ladders, which a lot of us do, especially in business, we're always so obsessed with what's next, what's next. And if you were to ask me right now, what's next? The beautiful answer is, I don't know because I'm on a lifelong mission and I stopped focusing on what's next. And I just started to focus on literally who can I help today? And if I can make my dad proud today as my hero, then like, I don't have bad days anymore. And so I just kind of want to want to share that. And Justin looks like you wanted to hop in. So please do brother. No, I did just because. You're saying it right because that's the right frame. And we think of a ladder in a frame, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the right ladder to climb because Joseph Campbell said one of the greatest tragedies in life would be climbing the ladder only to realize it was up against the wrong wall. 
Yes. And I've, I've climbed a literal ladder of athletics or sport from wrestling to MMA only to realize it was up against the wrong wall. Cause it was doing it for me instead of for others or, or, or me and others. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think with your ladder of your father and making him proud, I mean, that's something that's beautiful and that's something that's always going to be up against the right wall, whichever ladder it is you're climbing to really bring it, bring it home to the who and the how or the who and the why, why yeah. and the who. Yep. And so, no, I just want to say that because it's, it's, it's awesome, man. I really appreciate that because that's where I think people get so caught up in swinging for the grand slam. And man, I love those. I love the one hitter quitters. Like it's it's, over, <laughs> it's the highlight reel. But yep. honestly, that's not the ones you always remember. Like that might be the highlight reel for someone else. And that might be what I put in my intro video before I go on stage. But I'm going to remember the fights where I had to dig deep and had to overcome something. I got yeah. rocked and come back where, oof, that was that was tough. All the stuff I fought through to get up there. I had a stomach ulcer and I was sick and and I still went in there and did it anyways and got the got the W. But yeah, I think I think it doesn't always have to be a grand slam. Sometimes it's a bunt to get on base, and then it's another bunt, and you advance the first base the second base and then and then when you're ready it's the the home run the grand slam and we just got like the action just keep keep going keep swinging do a couple bunts you know take a breather and just keep taking action and my whole guiding light north star is putting love and compassion in action Mm. that to me is your your question about your father did you make him proud for me it's did i put love and compassion in action and if i did and i did my best and I can rest my head at night thinking, man, that was good. Because even the small, minuscule minutia of life, if I can attach that, you know, something, a task that I don't really care about, but if I can put some care in there, add some care into it, you know, if I get this done, I get to put more love and compassion in action. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, Come back to that, and that is going to be our finale. But before we get there, you already shared where our Win Monday Nation can plug into all of the different wonderful service and mission-oriented initiatives that you're a part of. But as far as you, I know you're speaking all over the globe and then from corporate to just personal growth, professional development, like a lot of folks that that's why you and I are kindred spirits. So if folks from our nation wanted to plug in, find you, follow you, and potentially bring you in as a speaker for their team or organization, where can they find all that information? Man, I have a website now called Justin Rowan Speaks that we're working on and developing Great. out more, but I'm with some bureaus and, but you can just get a hold of me directly through justinrenspeaks.com. And it's been, it's been phenomenal, man. One of the things that I get off stage, I really started to add in there, like no act of kindness, no matter how small ever goes wasted. Mm-hmm. And the quote of what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail, but interpreting it, personalizing it for me and the crowd asking what meaningful impact would you make if you only knew you could? Mm. And like, let's go for that because we can do so much more than we ever thought possible, especially together when we're not alone. But I have had malaria now five times, four times I tested positive for it. Fifth time, I know I had it on the plane coming back and I had the medicine, but man, I was wrecked. The reason I bring that up is I fought guys six foot seven, six foot eight and six foot 10. 
thankfully I finished those in the first round didn't have to go and have to tango with those giants for too long. But I'm just thinking about a mosquito less than the size of a gram kicked my ass and almost took my life. I lost 33 pounds in five days. The first time I had it, I was vomiting red and green blood and bile. I lost my peripheral vision. My veins were collapsing 65 to 70% of my bloodstream were parasites. And it was almost an irreversible coma. So if a little mosquito that small can make that big of a difference in my physical life, like how much more of a difference can anyone listening to this make in their community, at work, for their customer, but especially for their friends, their family, their community, their country, and this world? Like every dark nook and cranny needs a whole lot of light and love. And like you're in the game, you're here to participate. Like the worst thing would be is getting to the end of life and thinking like, oh, I wish I would have, should have, could have. I knew I had to, and yet fear stopped me. I didn't have the confidence to win Monday, to win every day. And I should have, I could have, and I wish I would have. It's like, no. Like you can make so much of a difference. So let's, let's get at it. It's not just me. It's not just you, Paul. It's all of us. Anyone hearing our voice right now, like you have a meaningful impact to contribute to this world and to your community, especially for your friends and family. And when we do that, like that's the zest, the secret recipe, the magic of life. And like, I know because I've seen it with my own eyes, it's the birthplace of miracles. Mm. Love the spirit of Win Monday? Then join the Win Monday community, an elite tribe of like-minded and like-hearted people just like you and I, on a mission to get 1% better every day with unshakable confidence. For Win Monday gear, motivation, and exclusive content just for you, you can find it all at paulepsteinspeaks.com. In the main nav bar, click on Community. PaulEpsteinSpeaks.com, main navbar, hit community. With that, welcome in and let's get back to the show. So as we exit stage left here, sure. you just inspired countless people to attack the week. We're dropping this on a Sunday, which means some are going into the week getting their mindset right the night before they win Monday. Some are going to listen in on Monday to really just kind of be the tone setter for the week. But picking up on where he just left off, leave us with a lasting piece of advice. And I I want it to be something that is practical and that we can do on Monday morning. So I want to combine my compassion with action. I want to take a swing at the bat. Even if it's a bunt single, what is one thing that our Win Monday Nation can do on Monday morning to put what you just said in action? Oh, my mind's going all over the place. Yeah. But I just, uh, you know, I had a flat tire and that's why I wasn't able to join right away. You know, hard things are going to come up. But instead of me complaining about that, I think I did something before it that really helped. I got in an ice bath. So you might not have an ice bath, you might have a cold shower, but do something hard. Do some choose to do the hard thing. And whenever you start your day that way, whenever you start your week that way, oh man, it literally changes the momentum to where 
I got out of the ice bath. I spent five minutes in there today at 33 degrees. And then I got ready. I went out and then had a flat tire. And instead of like pouting about it, this is like, okay, call the tow truck, call the tire place. Let's go. And it's Monday. And so I think that whenever you choose to do hard things and you accomplish something, it really changes the tone to where big things or even small things don't become big, right? Yeah. Perfect way to end because as we all know, Win Monday Nation, we cannot grow and be comfortable at the same time. So where Justin is leaving us here is that we, and again, another uh, Impact 11 buddy of Justin and I's named Sterling Hawkins wrote the book, Hunting Discomfort. And that's really what it's about. If we are uncomfortable, that is the only path to growth. So Justin, from the bottom of our hearts, man, thank you so much for inspiring us transforming us, educating us. And I know that there are going to be countless folks that are following you for the rest of our living days here because of what you brought to the table today. So thank you, my man. Hey, thank you so much. I'm really incredibly grateful. You know, I love you, Paul. And uh, yeah, I love your people now too. So thanks so much. Love it, man. And we love you too. Another fire episode of the Win Monday podcast is in the books. If you gain value from today's conversation, don't forget to subscribe and share it as we grow our Win Monday Nation together. Until the next time, let the rest of the world fantasize about Friday. You and I, we choose to win Monday. Monday.